So they say commitments don't mean what they used to mean. Well, in the case of Aaron Hampton, does that mean that decommitments don't mean what they used to mean? Hmm. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are talking about Aaron Hampton committing to your favorite football team. Then we're talking about 24-7's college football's most improved teams list for 2023. Texas finds themselves on it. Can they be one of the most improved teams in the country this year? And what does improvement look like for the Longhorns this season? We discussed that in the second segment. And then last but not least, Rodney Terry, hot on the recruiting trail as well. Once again, Ithio Horton transfers from UCF to the 40 Acres. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, if you're enjoying the show on this lovely Saturday, please like, please subscribe on youtube whether you're watching on audio or on video on my youtube channel i am grateful for all of the support so we're talking about aaron hampton today the latest commit to the texas football team out of texas dangerville texas specifically dangerfield high school 510 175 small in stature his game it speaks for itself number 154 in the country overall according to the 24 7 sports composite plays on both sides of the ball listed as an athlete wide receiver and in the defensive backfield and with this latest commitment you've now moved up to 23rd in the team rankings for the 2024 class on rivals 15th on on three and 18th in terms of the team rankings on 24-7 sports. Really good momentum for a Texas football team that just three weeks ago was either in the 50s or the 60s on 24-7 sports. Now you're at 18, and you still got a lot of big dogs that are potentially going to commit to the University of Texas. And they are 11th in player average on 24-7 sports. If you remember the episode I did last Friday prior to Parker Livingstone, Alex January, and Jordan Johnson-Rubel committing, we were 15th in player average on 24-7 sports. So just a week later, not only are they moving up in the team rankings, but they've moved up four spots in terms of player average, getting players to the University of Texas, some of the best players in the country. That's why you're moving up in both of those metrics. And Aaron Hampton is one of the weird cases of uh, decommit and recommit. And I can't remember an instance at the University of Texas, maybe somebody can and will let me know in the comments, at least recently of this happening. The only precedent I can remember for this is last year during the 2023 cycle, Austin Novosad from Dripping Springs was committed to Baylor. He decommits from Baylor and then goes on this crazy run of like official visits and getting recruited and it's all online. Like he's like throwing it in Baylor's face while also continuing to maintain that Baylor is still one of his top schools. He even released a new top five with Baylor in it after he decommitted from him, right? Does all of this just to recommit to Baylor in dramatic fashion. If you follow recruiting or you're on Twitter, you know who Hayes Fawcett is. He gets a Hayes Fawcett graphic just to recommit to Baylor, just to flip on National Signing Day to go to the University of Oregon, right? So he did all of that just to end up at Oregon. Hopefully that's not the case with Aaron Hampton, but that's only... That's the only precedent I could think of football wise, right, in college football in recent memory where a player decommitted and then recommitted to that same school, even though he didn't end up at Baylor. 
Now, from a personal standpoint, this is definitely something I can parallel because, you know, remember back in the day when you were in your prime and you and all your partners would go out, you know, probably when you were in college, but it could be high school whenever. But you and all your partners would go out and you would have a good time. Right. But you always had that one partner that had a girlfriend. And he could never go out with y'all, right? Like, if y'all went to the calf, he couldn't go because he had to eat with his girl, right? If y'all had a function to go to, he couldn't go because he had movie night with his girl, right? If y'all were going on a road trip, he couldn't go because he had plans with his girl that weekend, right? Whatever it was, he couldn't do, right? And so y'all could never kick it with him how y'all wanted to because he was always with his girl. And he would be with his girl. And, of course, he loved his girl and had a great time. But he would have FOMO because he wanted to kick it with his boys. Well, something would happen. And then... Him and his girl would not be seeing eye to eye and your partner and his girl will go on a break. And while your partner and his girl were on this break, he will start kicking it with y'all. And all of a sudden that FOMO goes out the window. Now he's on every road trip. Now he's in the calf with y'all. Now he's at every function. He wants to kick it so much. Y'all are burnt out. Like y'all weren't even kicking it this much when he was with this girl. Right. And so now y'all like, dude, like go get back with her or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so now he's like, you know, the FOMO's burnt out. He's kicked it. He's had a good time and he misses home. So he goes back to his girlfriend and all order is restored, right? Y'all go back to doing y'all thing. He goes back to doing his thing and you see him once a week, right? That's all that happened with Aaron Hampton. Aaron Hampton had been committed to the University of Texas since 2022. The University of Texas was Aaron Hampton's girlfriend, but then he's watching all these other top 200 players in the country. They're getting courted by these other schools. They're going to official visits, unofficial visits. Uh, barbecues, pool parties, getting free apparel, NIL opportunities, the whole nine. And they're like, hey, come on, Aaron, let's go to USC. Let's go to Miami. Let's go to Alabama. And he's like, I can't. I'm committed to Steve Sarkeesian and the University of Texas. I got to stay home this weekend, right? But then he's looking, he's getting FOMO because all of these players, players he's better than, are getting wind and dined at all these other schools. And so he decommits because he had FOMO. And he's like, let me see if the grass is greener on the other side. Just to realize yesterday on July 7th, 2023, that it's not. And he had to come home to the 40 acres with Steve Sarkeesian and the staff. He made the right decision. Now, let's look at the tape, right? Because, you know, I've told you we brought in a really talented player to the 40 acres. But let's look at the tape together and see what Steve Sarkeesian is potentially getting in his offense. Share this for you on the screen. All right, here we go. Let's watch the film together. All right, he's going to catch this pass and watch him turn this into a punt return. Just explosive. I'm going to make one miss. I'm going to make two miss. I'm going to make three miss. I'm going to make four miss. I'm going to make five miss. And then six won't catch me. I'm going to score. Look at that. Just turning it into a punt return. Obviously bad tackling, but we can't blame that on Aaron Hampton. This literally is a punt return. He's going to catch the ball. I'm just going to get past two defenders. Y'all don't really want to tackle me. Y'all don't really want to tackle me. Yeah, I'm just going to run over the punter. Once again, just finding his way to the end zone. Definitely does not look like the talent level around him matches his talent level. But once again, that's not his fault. Look at this route. That's such polish from a junior in high school. You don't see routes like that from juniors in high school. This reminds you of anybody? He'd be perfect in Steve Sarkeesian's system. Doesn't that look like the Xavier Worthy play against Oklahoma? Catching a ball behind the backfield. That's the Steve Sarkeesian special. He does that a lot at Dangerfield. And then, of course, he takes it to the end zone. It's a highlight tape. What y'all thought? Boom. Look at that look off and come right back to it. Follows his blocks, slippery in traffic, knows how to get to that end zone. Like I said, the players on the field around him aren't as talented as Aaron Hampton, but we can't blame him for that. Lines up inside and outside. He's in the slot this time. Okay, find the gap. Let's run that post route. In traffic, doesn't matter. Ball underthrown. He's going to catch it. Put your hands up, Riff. That's a touchdown. All right, where is he at? Good release off the line. 
nine route. Nothing fancy. I'm just better than you, faster than you. You got to score that, though. Lined up on the other side of the field. Same thing. I'm faster than you, better than you. Ball under thrown. I'm going to find a way to get it. Great catch. I'm just faster than y'all. This is the same thing I'm going to do in Steve Sarkeesian's offense with either Malik Murphy or Arch Manning. I'm going to find my way to the end zone. Another play lined up inside. Ooh, post route. Nice stab at the top of the route. Ball underthrown. Doesn't matter. Catches it, sheds a tackle, and gets to that end zone. His favorite place to be. Deep pass. Not over the shoulder. Doesn't matter. Got two feet in bounds. That would have been good in the NFL. Great player. Let's watch one more play. Outside. Ooh, you like the footwork. Sideline. Doesn't matter. Two feet in. That would have been good in the NFL as well. Scores the touchdown. Love the playmaking ability from Aaron Hampton from Dangerfield. Glad he decommitted and recommitted to the University of Texas and somebody that is going to be absolutely explosive in Steve Sarkeesian's offense if they choose to use him there. And now your 2024 outlook for the wide receiver position, Jontae Cook, DeAndre Moore, Casey Kane, Ryan Niblett, Parker Livingstone, Freddie DeBose Jr., Aaron Hampton, potentially Isaiah Nayor if he decides to stay for another year, and potentially Micah Hudson or Ryan Wingo, two five stars at that position. Love the way that room is shaping up and should be very competitive when we enter to the SEC in 2024. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to get into college football's most improved teams list for 2023. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel. America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so we're talking about 24-7's college football's most improved teams list, and I'm going to put the list up on my screen. Have no fear for the people listening on audio. I know I just went through two minutes of a highlight tape that y'all couldn't see, but y'all are more than welcome to go on YouTube and look at it. But now we're going to look at the list on here and... This is the list of the 10 teams that 24-7 has as the most improved teams in 2023. And as you can see, Texas comes in at number five on the list. And I'll go through the teams in a second here. But, you know, I've always talked about on the podcast how Texas was going to have to do something difficult this year. Now, I don't think it'll be difficult as some of the other teams on the list because Texas, to me, has underachieved relative to their respective teams. Texas is a blue blood program that should be at the top of college football. They have all the means to do it. They have the talent on the roster to do it, but they just haven't been able to accomplish that over the last decade. So Texas for Texas to be able to jump up another tier in terms of wins would not be as difficult as it would for some of the other programs on this list. But one of the hardest things to do in any professional sport, but especially in football where you only play 17 games or 13 games, you know, it varies depending on your success is to improve two to three wins, right? Especially in college football where you're playing 15 games max. 
that's almost 20% of your schedule if you can improve by two, three games. But I think that everybody on this list from 24-7 Sports has an opportunity to improve by two to three wins this season. The difference between Texas and every other team on this list is Texas has a chance to improve into the top tier and top status of college football. Texas is the only eight win team on this list. And Texas, to me, in my opinion, is the only team on this list that has a chance to compete for a conference championship in 2023. Texas, in my opinion, is the only team on this list that has a chance to reach college football playoff contention. Not saying they'll make it, but they should be in the conversation if they have the type of year we think they will this season. So when we look at college football's most improved teams list from 24-7 sports, of course, you have Texas A&M at number one. They're coming off a disappointing five and seven season. Texas A&M has one of the most talented rosters in the country. I think they're fourth in the country currently in blue chip rate, meaning four and five star players on their roster. The three ahead of them are Georgia, Ohio State and Alabama. So that tells you that Texas A&M has gravely underachieved. I think they have the opportunity to be an eight or nine win team this season. Miami, they don't have the talent on their roster that Texas A&M has, but the way they've recruited the last two years, they've gone into the transfer portal. They should be much improved this season. Wisconsin, seven and six, so not necessarily in a bad spot although I think the decision to fire Paul Chris was kind of crazy but I'm glad they did it because now he's an offensive analyst at the University of Texas but they brought in Luke Fickle from Cincinnati the only group of five head coach ever right and school to go to the college football playoff with the resources at Wisconsin also bringing over the offensive coordinator from Mac Brown and North Carolina I think Wisconsin has a chance to be a 9-10 win football team although I don't think they can compete for the Big Ten this year with, uh, I was going to say USC, that's next year, but Ohio State and Michigan being in the mix. Oklahoma, six and seven, I do think they'll improve to an eight or nine win team this season. Uh, in the second year under Brent Venables, they've done a really good job recruiting at a high school and in the transfer portal, but I don't think they'll have enough to compete for the Big 12 conference championship this season i just mentioned texas iowa state they went four and eight last year but had a ton of games that were really close one score games obviously we remember the texas game which came down to xavier hutchinson making one of the most egregious drops in college football last year so iowa state definitely has a chance to be a seven eight win team and they've been really competent under matt campbell Colorado I don't know what they'll do but they won't be one in 11 they brought in the number one transfer class under Deion Sanders and all Deion does is win so I'm not saying that he gonna start winning next year but they won't go one in 11 that's for sure Auburn you know you can say what you want about Hugh Freeze but he's a winner four straight winning seasons at Liberty it's only a matter of time before Auburn starts competing again in the SEC at what level that remains to be seen Nebraska Matt Rule is going to turn that program around they went four and eight last year just a dumpster fire under Scott Frost. I think within two years, that's an eight-win program under Matt Rule. And then Arkansas, seven and six, they bring back K.J. Jefferson. I like Sam Pittman, although I know Arkansas is going to become one of our biggest rivals again starting in 2024. But they have an opportunity to get to an eight- or nine-win team. So I think every team on this list has a chance to be better and maybe improve by two to three wins. But it doesn't necessarily move the needle, right? It just takes most of these teams from underachieving to achieving at the level they should be achieving at. Texas is the only team on this list that even with the eight and five record last season, probably underachieved and should be better in 2023. And I think they have a chance to improve all the way up to 11 wins. If we think that Texas is going to be in the big 12 championship game next season, then we think they're going to play at least 14 games, right? 12 in the regular season, the big 12 championship game, that would be 13th and then a bowl game. I don't see a scenario in which Texas plays 14 games 
in 2023 and loses four of them. So I'm projecting that Texas has a chance to be one of the most improved teams in college football, like this list says. I'm projecting that they have a chance to go from eight wins to 11 wins, which is really hard to do to improve three wins in college football. And they go from being one of the best teams in the Big 12, but just being outside the cut in terms of the Big 12 championship game to being the Big 12 champion and one of the best teams in college football knocking on the door of the college football playoff. This is what we envisioned for year three under Steve Sarkeesian, and he has put together all of the pieces in terms of the roster player personnel and in terms of the coaching staff to be able to achieve this level of success at the University of Texas. Now the only thing left is to go and do it on the field. And I look forward to seeing that in, in 2023 from my favorite football team, the Texas Longhorns. A quick word from our sponsors. And then we talk about the latest basketball player to commit to the 40 acres out of the transfer portal. Sorry, y'all. All right, here we go. So much going on on StreamYard. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing all of this right. I know I'm 29, but I'm not tech savvy at all, as y'all can clearly see. All right, last but not least, last segment, Ithio Horton commits to the University of Texas and Rodney Terry. And I just have to say that you can see Rodney Terry's work. And I'm so grateful that he is the head coach at the University of Texas, the head coach of our basketball program. He bleeds burnt orange and he puts on for the University of Texas. Like I, every time I see Rodney Terry, He's at another, you know, basketball summit. He's at another basketball tournament. He's at another award ceremony. He is just putting on for the University of Texas all over the country recruiting. Last time I saw him, he was at the Peach Gym looking at Cooper Flag. Before that, he was looking at uh, five-star Liam McKeeley out of Montverde. He is literally everywhere, right? And I think it shows in terms of the transfer portal roster he's been able to put together. And we'll see it moving forward in terms of the recruiting classes out of high school and then the continued ability to dominate in the transfer portal. Rodney Terry, one of the most respected men in the business, and he's a hell of a worker. And you see his impact everywhere he goes, and you're starting to see it in terms of the roster that he's built. Because it wasn't three months ago that most of the fan base was questioning if Rodney Terry can recruit, even though we've had a decade worth of data telling us that Rodney Terry can recruit really well, right? When you're the primary recruiter going back to players like LaMarcus Aldridge, who's undoubtedly one of the five best players to ever put on this jersey, all the way up until last year when you're the primary recruiter for players like Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson. Now, I know they ultimately went the professional basketball route, but Ronnie Terry was their primary recruiter when they committed to the University of Texas. We have over a decade worth of data telling us that Ronnie Terry is an ace recruiter on the sidelines at the 40 acres. Three months ago, it was a lot of people questioning it. Not sure what they have to say now. Ithiel Horton, the latest guard to commit to the University of Texas out of the transfer portal. And now it would seem that this roster is complete, right? We knew that we had to replace Marcus Carr, uh, Timmy Allen, Serge Abari Rice, Kristen Bishop. Arterio Morris, and I'm missing somebody. Maybe I've said everybody, but nonetheless, they've done a really good job of replacing those players. And now I think you're looking at a Texas basketball team that is a better shooting team than they were last year. It's better at getting to the rim than they were last year. And it's definitely a better defensive team with a possible defensive player of the year candidate in Caden Shedrick manning the post. Ithiel Horton out of UCF, the latest player to commit to the 40 acres, canceling his Kansas visit before he ever took it, cho choosing the University of Texas. 6'5", 200. He spent one year at Delaware, two years at Pittsburgh, and his last season at UCF. And I love the fact that he never even took the trip 
to Kansas, right? I don't know what they're doing on these official visits at the University of Texas, but it seems to be working, right? Because Kansas is one of the most historic programs in college basketball. For him to say, I don't even need to take that visit, says a lot about what they're doing at the University of Texas. 37.6%, so 38% career three-point shooter on 599 attempts. Like I said, I think we're a better three-point shooting team than we were last year, and that's because you're bringing in players like Ithiel Horton. 38% career three-point shooter on 599 attempts. So he can definitely knock down the tray ball. Has scored over 1,100 points in his career. A ton of experience on this team, including the active scoring leader in college basketball, Max Amos. Ithiel Horton has scored a lot of points in his career as well. Last year, he had games of 30, 28, 27, 24. So somebody who can put the ball in the hole, whether it's from the three-point line or inside. And now when you look at the roster makeup and what Ronnie Terry has put together just in the last three months at the guard position. You have Max Amos, Kendall Weaver, Tyrese Hunter, Ithiel Horton and Chris Johnson and Gavin Perryman. You're probably in a situation or a scenario where you don't have to play Chris Johnson and Gavin Perryman much or if at all this year. Right. And you can allow them to develop Brock Cunningham, Dylan Mitchell, Zarek Anyema and Alex Anamikwe on the wings. And then you have Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeSue as the bigs. As I've said a month ago before we got the last two or three players to commit to Texas. This feels like a roster that can compete for to be one of the best teams in the Big 12 and compete for a Big 12 championship. It feels like a team that should make it at least to the Sweet 16 and possibly further and go on a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Rodney Terry and the staff have done a great job putting this team together ahead of a very important 2023 season in the Big 12. And it just feels like this program is on the right track even headed into the SEC in 2024. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, a weekend edition. Hook them. Peace.